people care about their car buying journey, provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Whether your customers are online or in-store, Goobagoo is there. See the magic at Goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O.com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. I'm Jake Neer, in for Jamie Butters, who's traveling to Dallas for this week's NADA show. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Tesla announces a huge investment in battery and truck operations. Senator Joe Manchin proposes immediate changes to new EV tax credits. And Carvana settles its long-running dispute with Illinois. Plus, we'll hear Jamie's conversation with True Car CEO Mike Darrow. We've got the traffic. Now the inventory is starting to build and we'll be expanding our dealer footprint. So a lot of good signals going into 2023. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Tesla says it plans to invest $3.6 billion in two new factories to build electric vehicle batteries and its all-electric semi-heavy-duty truck. The plants will be built near an existing production site in Reno, Nevada. Tesla says the new battery operation will make Tesla's latest so-called 4680 cells with capacity to use in as much as 2 million vehicles a year. It'll also build a high-volume facility for its semi, which debuted late last year. The company did not provide estimated production numbers. Elon Musk's company handed over the first semi-trucks to PepsiCo last month. Tesla has said it aims to produce 50,000 semis for North America in 2024. In other Tesla news, the EV maker's Advanced Driver Assistance System, Autopilot, fell in a Consumer Reports ranking of a dozen major systems. Of those 12 systems that Consumer Reports tested, Ford Motors Blue Cruise was first, followed by General Motors Super Cruise and Mercedes-Benz Driver Assistance. Tesla was second in Consumer Reports ratings in 2020 behind Super Cruise. It fell to seventh in the latest rankings. Consumer Reports says Autopilot's basic functionality hasn't changed. It just added more features. Tesla did not respond to a request for comment. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin plans to introduce a bill today that would make major changes to the Inflation Reduction Act's new EV tax credits that he helped engineer. The West Virginia Democrats' bill would direct the U.S. Treasury Department to immediately stop issuing $7,500 consumer tax credits for EVs that do not meet strict critical mineral and battery component requirements. The bill, titled the American Vehicle Security Act, would amend the Inflation Reduction Act so that the effective date of the required EV battery sourcing is no longer tied to Treasury's release of proposed guidance on the restrictions. A Democratic committee aide told Automotive News yesterday that the bill did not yet have bipartisan support or co-sponsors because it had not been shared outside internal discussions. The aide said it also had not been shared with any auto industry representatives. And the state of Illinois has agreed to settle a long-running regulatory dispute with Carvana. Illinois Secretary of State Alexei Janulius announced the settlement in a video statement on Tuesday. As part of the agreement, Carvana admitted wrongdoing and acknowledged that it violated the state's vehicle code. While the state will allow Carvana to continue to operate, this agreement gives my office the authority to suspend and revoke its dealership license again if it fails to comply moving forward. Today's announcement sends a clear message that we have zero tolerance when it comes to companies that break the law 
or deceive consumers. Illinois suspended Carvana's license twice over motor vehicle registration and titling issues last year. Carvana said in a separate news release that it will continue selling to Illinois residents through its website and at its vending machine-like location in suburban Chicago. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, we'll hear Jamie's conversation with True Car CEO Mike Darrow, ahead of the NADA show in Dallas this week. That's next on Daily Drive. People care about their car buying experience, and so do we. Provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Goobagoo is the leader in conversational commerce for the automotive industry. Our fully managed live messaging services instantly connect consumers to dealers anytime and anywhere through live chat, text, video, and more. Integrated with our fully managed chat, Goobagoo's virtual retailing platform enables consumers to buy cars online directly from the dealership's website through multiple channels. We are constantly improving the retailing experience and currently have over 100 integrations with CRMs, DMSs, and third-party applications. Goobagoo transforms the traditional car buying process into a modern, transparent, and seamless experience. Available 24-7, 365, our highly trained chat specialists are there to help. See it for yourself at goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. As you heard earlier, Jamie's on his way to Dallas for the NADA show this week. To help preview the show, he caught up with True Car CEO Mike Darrow. They talk about what's in store at the retail conference and the automotive pricing and information website's outlook for 2023. Here's their conversation. Mike Darrow, welcome back to Daily Drive. Hey, Jamie. It's great to be here and Happy New Year. First, I've talked to you since the first of the year. Uh, excited to turn the, turn the page to 2023. 2023. I can't believe it. That's even a real year. So, (laughs) uh, but it is 2023 and we're getting ready to go to Dallas for the NADA show. What are you expecting from this year's show? What do you look to get out of it? You know, we're, we're excited to get, to get to Dallas and get a chance to engage with uh, a lot of the dealers who show up there. We just had uh, our dealer advisory board meeting uh, last week here at true car and got a chance to talk to uh, a handful of dealers and, you know, NAD is a great opportunity to reconnect with a lot of our big dealer partners. We have good sessions, working sessions with all the national groups. We also have a lot of walk-in traffic and a lot of schedules, a lot of meetings already scheduled with dealers who want to come to our booth and, and hear our story and hear about what we're working on. So, you know, we're excited to get to Dallas and, and uh, get the year started. Have the dealers you've been talking to, they sound like they're fired up, they're ready to go? I mean, it's yeah. not a, maybe not as glitzy of a of a destination as as Las Vegas, but it is as you know, it's pretty central, and they've got a good airport. I'm told, so maybe they can get people in and out pretty easily. Yeah, I, I mean, we're hoping for a good turnout. We'll we'll see when we get there. We've got a good appointment schedule set up, so that's usually a good sign. And like you say, it's it's central. It's easy for everybody to get in and out of, and and Dallas does have a couple of airports. I guess folks can come in and out of to to get down there. So. Uh, uh, you know, we're looking for a good turnout and, and hopefully having a productive time when we're there. 
I think there's going to be a good turnout. Uh, so much is changing uh, as we ease out of the worst of the pandemic that I think there's a there's a big reset. A lot of our coverage was about this back to basics, right? Salespeople having to learn how to sell again <laughs> and uh, having to learn to manage floor plan and all that. That's just different than it was the last two, three years. Yeah, well, we, we saw a lot, you know, uh, 2022 was really a tale of, of kind of two different halves. You know, the first half of 2022 was kind of a carryover for 2021, where we saw, you know, the, the chip shortage and the inventory shortage having a big impact on the new car business and driving new car prices way up. And when new car prices go up, used car prices generally follow them. Uh, so we saw an escalation in the first half of used car pricing. We saw a nice kind of shift in the second half of the year. Inventory went from about a million units, new cars uh, in the summer, June, July, to a little over a million six at the end of December. So we're beginning to see a return of some new car inventory, uh, which is a good sign for us. We deliver a lot of value to our dealer partners and they get the most value from a platform like ours when there's more of a balance between supply and demand. And we're seeing that happen. So you know, we saw some good signals, pricing, the latter half of the year started adjusting on used cars. You know, we saw clear signals on that. Uh, and we think as inventory builds on new cars, although the increases slowed in December, they haven't started to come down yet. But we think if it continues, if we build from 1.6 million to two or two and a half million units of new cars, we think we'll get some stabilization in the new car pricing as well. So, you know, all of those things were good signals for us. Well, I would have to think that a return to, you know, full production and sort of a fully running industry has got to be better for a company like TrueCar. When everybody's out of inventory and everything they can get on a truck is already pre-sold, like, why do they need to advertise it? But now, you know, it's going to get competitive again. That's right. And and, and we've looked back over history and, and we're, we're always our most effective when there's a good balance between supply and demand. And when there's a balance in the marketplace, consumers want to spend time shopping online, which is good for our traffic. Uh, dealers know they have to compete for consumers and want to reach out and meet, meet consumers where they are. So that brings the dealers back to our platform as well. So, you know, we're seeing signals that, uh, you know, we're looking to you know, bring a lot of the dealers back who left our, our platform over the past couple of years in 2023 and rebuild our footprint. And, you know, our traffic's been good. I think everybody you talk to in the digital space will say, when you drive past the dealer's lot and you don't see a lot of cars, the first thing you do is go to the internet and start looking before you, <laughs> you drive to a dealership, right? So our, our traffic's been good. Our marketing expenses have been contained and been able to be controlled. So, you know, we've got the traffic. Now the inventory's starting to build and we'll be expanding our dealer footprint. So a lot of good signals going into 2023. Uh, you've got earnings coming up when? Early next month? Yeah, we got earnings at the tail end of February. Um, oh, not so till late February. About a month. Okay. Yeah, so we, we've got about a month. Takes a little longer to close the books for Q4 than, than what it does for some of the other quarters. So we're a little later in February because we've got to do the full annual wrap up and get the certification from our outside accountants and all that. We'll be talking to the marketplaces at the end of, end of February. End of February. All right. So- Looking at the industry 
more broadly, what are your thoughts about 2023? Do you have a, a forecast for new vehicle sales or a range that you're expecting? Yeah, you know, we, we've got it pegged somewhere between, and, and this is going to sound like a, a wide range, but I, we see it over 14 million, maybe up to about 15 million units, depending on, you know, how, how the market adjusts. The, the interesting part, Jamie, and, and there's everywhere I go, at least from a seminar or an industry event perspective, there's always a session on pent-up demand. And I think there's probably been two or three million new car buyers consecutively over the past two or three years who have stepped to the sidelines that are creating, a, I think, a pretty good demand bubble out there. And if inventory rebuilds, and then that causes pricing to adjust down a bit more towards you know, in line with MSRP. And, and our data shows about a year ago, December, more than 70% of new cars were selling over MSRP. That number's down uh, close. We show it close to 50. I read something the other day that someone else had it pegged at about 39%. So it's clearly coming down. So as inventory builds, prices come down. I think some of that pent up demand is going to come off the sidelines and back into the marketplace. And, you know, it could be a good year. So I think that's going to be one of the things we want to keep our eyes on. Interest rates are certainly creating some affordability issues. You know, payments are going up. I think you'll see the OEMs do different attempts to address that, you know, either through maybe bringing some leasing programs back, maybe bringing some, some uh, interest subvention rate programs back into the marketplace to help offset that for consumers. So we think 2023 could shape up to be a, a good year if a couple of things fall in place and, and as the industry begins to return to a more normal state, I think. Yeah, I think I share your uh, fairly rosy outlook on on the pent up, you know, consumer demand. It is amazing to me to think that we're still looking at 40 to 50 percent of new vehicles selling above MSRP. Yeah. And, and I think it's a shock to consumers who have been out of the market for four or five years. They come back to the marketplace Prices have gone up, interest rates are gone up. So, you know, folks that were in that four, five, six hundred dollar range monthly payments are now seeing payments that are approaching, you know, a thousand dollars. And I, I saw an interesting piece of data. It looked like in December, sixteen percent of the new car deals financed were financed at over a thousand dollars a month. That's a big number, right? And and you know that that used to be a house payment. Right. So, right. I remember when that was a house payment. So, for sure. so you know, there's there's a couple of things coming together that I think are going to have to be addressed if we want to pull some of that demand off the sidelines, which would be adjustment to the pricing piece and then maybe some support on the interest piece. And I think, you know, people will come back. One last thing I want to run by you before I let you go. You know, there's been so much uh, chaos and confusion in the EV segment. And I realize it's still a pretty small slice of the market, but it gets a lot of attention because of all the billions of dollars that are being invested in those vehicles. And now, you know, the, the rules keep changing. You know, first we cut a bunch of vehicles off and then we add back some Teslas and GMs, you know, but then we're not sure. Or what about leases? What kind of traffic are you seeing on EV searches or to your EV buyer's guide? We're seeing a lot of EV traffic and, and you know, there are certain things that stimulate it. When the, when the OEMs bring new entries into that segment, it drives people to the market to check them out. You know, Tesla just made some big price adjustments that brings people into the market to test all that out and take a look at it. So 
I, I think you're going to see heightened interest in EVs uh, really escalate through 2023. There's more models coming. They're going to be very competitive. The ranges are good. The tax thing has to be figured out. I mean, we got to get the, those incentives and all that stuff clarified for the consumer. But I, I think there's some demand there. And we saw real growth in the EV segment last year. Even though the market was down a bit or flat, EVs were way up. And it was a little bit of the Tesla story, but it was also all the other new entries. And, you know, Hyundai, there's a lot of people bringing a lot of GM, Ford, all of them bringing new entries into the marketplace. So I think you're going to see a lot of interest for EVs this year as well. Well, last year was such a huge year in terms of getting those compact crossovers, the hottest segment in in autodom uh, to be electric. This year, we're getting a lot more in the pickup space, you know, as it becomes more of a mass market product and not just a luxury for the early adopters. Uh, there's going to be a lot more need for third party sites that can provide comprehensive data and information that cuts across brands, not just within the Tesla silo or maybe just within, you know, Chevy Bolt land. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what we're seeing, Jamie, is families with multi-unit uh, fleets. If you've got two or three cars, maybe one's one of the kids' cars or, you know, you got one for yourself and, and, and one for your partner, you know, we think those are going to be the families that move the quickest to an EV because you still have the reliability of an ICE engine there. If you want to take a long trip and you're not sure, the EVs that are coming to market, and I, I know you know, they're, they're nice cars. I mean, they drive good. They're comfortable. They're really cool with their designs. They're innovative. So, I mean, all the data we see is the, the key is to get a consumer in them, to get them to test them, get them to drive the car. That's why many of the, the auto shows are doing indoor tracks for EVs so that they can get consumers familiar with them. But I think, uh, you know, you're going to continue to see that grow. And it's, I think it's already beyond the early adopter stage. And now it's just a matter of, of getting enough of them built and covering enough of the segments that, you know, bring more consumers into it. Well, you've got the, the view on what the shoppers are doing. So we'll keep in touch. Mike Darrow, CEO of TrueCar. Thanks again for joining me today. Great to talk to you, Jamie. We'll see you in Dallas. All right. See you there. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to our own Aji LaForest and CJ Moore for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on the NADA show in Dallas, retail, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Make sure to join us on the Automotive News LinkedIn page tomorrow, Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 Central, for a live conversation about those confusing EV tax credits live from the Automotive News Retail Forum in Dallas. You can also hear part of that conversation here on tomorrow's episode of Daily Drive. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.